0: Ensure your next purchase is a real deal and shop authentic handbags, watches, sneakers, streetwear, and jewelry from eBay, backed by Authenticity Guarantee.
1: Visit ebay.com for terms.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast?
1: You're listening to the New Yorker Poetry Podcast. I'm Paul Muldoon, the poetry editor of the magazine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you here today. On this program, we invite a poet to choose a poem from the New Yorker archive to read and discuss. And then, of course, we ask them to read one of their own poems that's been published in the magazine. And I have to say that I am thrilled today in what happens to be my final New Yorker podcast. To welcome Charles Simic, one of my all-time favorite poets, a former U.S. Poet Laureate and therefore a favorite of so many in the country, recognized for his work, his contributions to poetry right around the world with the Golden Wreath from Struga Poetry Evenings, the great town of Struga there, the Frost Medal, the Wallace Stevens Award, and of course the Pulitzer Prize. Charles Simic, welcome. Thank you for having me. Charlie the poem you have chosen to read today is a poem by Sharon Olds it's called her her birthday as ashes in seawater and uh, Sharon Olds is distinguished among in so many ways but as a poet of course who has written so extensively about her family uh, in this case of course her mother what drew you to this poem uh it's a beautiful poem i
0: mean this is it's a very difficult poem to to write uh i mean you absolutely right sharon has written you know endlessly about her her family her father uh, her mother uh, her father's death i mean the long dying and uh, uh but this is a very different kind of poem this is a beautiful sort of elegy uh, uh, uh describing something people do, I mean, which is to take the ashes of, you know, some, someone, their loved ones, and, uh, and, you know, throw it from the top of a mountain or into the sea or, you know, whatever else they throw it. Uh, yeah, I remember somebody throwing in, in the Hudson River, which, you know, supposedly we want to flow out to sea, but uh, this is the Pacific, uh, and, uh, it's not an easy poem to write. It really seems to me inspired. It's just so moving, deeply moving, and, and gorgeous in its details, a kind of a poem that one doesn't encounter even in her work uh, that often, but it's beautiful. And, and maybe... Uh, I, I like some of the other poems about parents and family and, uh, and friends, uh, which are kind of very direct and explicit. I mean, here it's more sort of reticent. It, it's uh, just it's mother. We but we learn nothing, no particulars about the mother. Uh, but we, as the poem goes, we understand uh, their imo- emotional bond.
1: You know, the, speaking of the details, here is a barnacle of egg custard. Here is your tiny <laughs> spoon with your initials. Quite an yeah. extraordinary moment.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you've been to the Pacific. I mean, Pacific Ocean, I mean, to throw something in the Pacific Ocean versus the Atlantic, it's a very different story. I mean, Pacific Ocean is uh, is not very Pacific. It's, uh, I can sort of imagine where she went. And, uh, I mean, there are huge waves there. It's, it's, a, it's, it's drama. I mean, Pacific is dramatic uh,
1: in a big way. You know, I'm reminded of an image uh, in a poem by Robert Lowell of the Atlantic Ocean breaking over ahead. And indeed, um, it occurs to me that, of course, one of the poets who released all of us into the possibility of writing about family life in such an intimate way, in such a revelatory way, was, of course, Lowell. Do you detect uh, his hand in this at all? Is he lurking about in somewhere in the, just over the horizon?
0: No, not particularly. I mean, you know, she, I mean, yes, he did write about his family, but, I mean, no one has written in more detail about their families than than Sharon. I mean, her husband, her ex-husband. I mean, there's just no competition there. Uh, Other people have written about their parents, but uh, uh, their families. But, uh, I mean, Sharon has really detailed their lives right uh in, in a kind of de- detail that very often I mean you know readers have said, i mean um, you know they said I don't want to hear this stuff you know right uh I mean it, when you know father is ill or, or what other you know people who are undergoing some you know trauma or whatever right uh, the kind of the kind of graphic detail you get from her you know, yes.
1: it's just
0: you know there's
1: no precedent there was a phrase used a few years ago i remember my daughter using it uh, tmi too much information i suppose was a concept that uh, you know might have it might have occurred to some readers of sharon Olds along the way
0: well you know some people love this <laughs> i must say you know very often i would I would you know begin reading a poem that is so you know frank, so, you know, confessional that I would kind of, you know, I would recoil. Uh, I mean, because she writes really well. She wins you over. I mean, you you sort of... You understand after a while, I mean, what she's interested in, it's just the humanity of these people, everything, the total, not just their minds, their, you know... Uh, the past what they said their relationship to, their relationship to them but you know just their physical what they look like what their bodies look like you know even when they were naked everything i mean uh, and uh it's uh i mean it, 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 you, there are many painters who do that sort of thing you know just uh, you know that kind of uh re- super realism uh, but yeah, behind this super realism, uh, I mean, she, she also has a plenty of imagination. I mean, it's, this is not you know plodding uh, description uh, of uh, of people and, and their activities. So.
1: It certainly isn't, and uh, we'll hear it in just a moment. Just by way of uh, preamble, though, there's a phrase here I love, which it's uh, it's the phrase "Oh mom, oh, oh mom." Yeah. You know, it seems it comes out with a kind of um, combination of exasperation and resignation. And, you know, it seems just so accurate to, you know, how we all are in the world and how we feel about our parents, our children feel about us, perhaps. And uh, it seems, as you suggest, to be just spot on.
0: It's a a phrase that all of us must have used, you know, over and over again, you know, in her life. Oh, Mom,
1: you know. Let's listen to the poem now. Uh, Her birthday as ashes in seawater. It's by Sharon Owles, and it's read here by John Simic.
0: By now my mother has pulled to the top of many small waves, carried in the curve that curls over unto itself and a knots, again into the liquid plane as her ions had been gathered from appearances and concepts, and her dividend, her irreducible, like violet, down, thrown to the seals, starfish, wolf spiders on the edge of Pacific floor, I like to follow her from matter into matter, my little quester, as if she went to sea in a pea green boat. Every separate bit, every crystal shard seems to be here. Her nature unknowable, dense, dispersed. Her atomization, a miracle, the earth without her, a miracle, as if I had arrived on my own with nothing to owe, nothing to grieve, nothing to fear. It would happen with me as it would. Not one molecule lost or sent to the principal or held in a dried orange pomander strong box, stuck with the iron matron maces of the clothes. My mother is a native of this place. She is made of the rosy plates of the shell of one who is the silt of a trench place. Music on its own arm, draws chords, and then the single note, rose Rosen, jade, blood, cat got, siren gut, here, here, here. I miss her, I like my mother, such peace there is on earth. Now every tooth of her head is safe, ground down to filaments of rock, crab, fractals, and claw facets. The whole color wheel burst and released. Oh, Mom, come sit with me at this stone table at the bottom of the bay. Here is a barnacle of egg custard. Here is your tiny spoon with your initials. Sup with me at dawn on your first day. We are all the dead. I'm not apart from you for long except for breath except for everything.
1: I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious.
0: Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love, books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course.
1: What are you guys excited to cover in the next few months? There's a new translation of The Iliad that's coming out, Emily Wilson. Really excited to see whether I can read The Iliad again, whether I'm that literate. I mean, the jury is out.
0: I can't wait to hear Adam Driver go again in an Italian accent in Michael Mann's Ferrari.
1: (laughs) He can't stop. I mean, and and bless him. I can't wait. Molto bene. Molto bene. (laughs) We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.
0: You really don't want to miss this.
1: Don't. Don't
0: miss this. Don't miss it. See you soon. (laughs) With access to so much information, it's hard to feel like an informed, discerning citizen. That's why on Make Me Smart, which is a podcast from Marketplace, we make it easy for you to stay in the know. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdahl. Every weekday, Kimberly Adams
1: and I unpack the latest from Washington, D.C. The Senate minority leader has announced that he will step down as the Republican leader. What's happening in A.I.,
0: I I mean, don't buy at the top, but holy cow, artificial intelligence and all the companies related to it are the, the hot new thing. And we do
1: the numbers. So as a refresher, inflation is the rate of increase in the prices of things. It's not just sort of things getting more expensive. It's a speed at which things get more expensive.
0: Because in a world that's constantly changing, we all need to stay smart. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts.
1: That last line or two, I am not apart from you for long, except for breath. Except for everything, there's the extraordinary um, closeness of the relationship, and then and yet the uh, suggestion that actually they had very little, perhaps even nothing much in common. Is that what it's getting at? Do you think?
0: Uh, oh, I think so. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't quite know what her relationship exactly was with her mother, but whatever it was, you know who it is, it's, it's your mother. Maybe you realize when your mother dies, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a huge event, even if you're not close to your mother. You, you sort of realize that here is somebody who remembered you when you were you know, little, and the, the whole world, I mean, the whole past has vanished with, with, with your mother, uh, what she remembered and uh, what you shared with her. And I mean, that, that's what makes it so, I think, powerful. I mean, this is a kind of almost amb- ambivalence, or well, not ambivalence, ambiguity.
1: You know, uh, she's so deft with uh, the detail again, you know, one not one molecule lost or sent to the principal or held in a dried-orange pomander strongbox. Uh, you know, these these three images drawn from such um, far-flung areas, mm-hmm. and uh, they seem to cover a vast range of territory very quickly. They, they, they do, they do.
0: And uh, I mean, that's what's so admirable about the poem. Also this, you know, the sounds, it's, the, it, the poem sounds, Good. I mean, uh, the movement of the poem. You notice they're all commas. There are no periods in the poem. Uh, well, actually, there is a period. So there's a period. But there's a lot, a lot of commas, uh, run-on sentences, and uh, it's uh, you, you do. I mean, uh, you, you do feel <laughs> the movement of the surf, of the sea pounding, of the Pacific pounding, and the movement. And uh, I mean, visually, to me, the poem is very rich because one, I can see how. I mean what she's done it's you know she went at daybreak and then the, she's you know poured the box with the ashes uh, uh, into the sea and then you know obviously you watch uh, as it sinks and uh and then this thoughts uh you know this is a poem so this is you know recollected later but uh, I I found myself completely believing everything she says and and all these far flung associations that you mention uh uh, they, they seem to me really believable.
1: So that's her Birthday as Ashes in Seawater by Sharon Owles, published in the October 10th, 2016 issue of the magazine. And then, not so long ago, on the February 6th, 2017 issue, uh, Charles Simic, we published your poem, The Infinite, and you're going to read that for us now. Um, tell us a little bit if you... Uh, might uh, about the background to the infinite
0: <laughs> well, I mean this poem is as, as unlike uh, shadow's poem as you could possibly imagine this is here in this case is an abstraction the infinite uh, I remember in school I don't know when when, when do you learn that I mean uh, what grade do you learn when they tell you something that the straight line goes to infinity. And uh, I sort of remember, kind of, my brain <laughs> of stopping or uh, being astonished, uh, just infinity, the ultimate abstraction, uh, and the you know the, we hear it, you know, the infinite universe, the infinite this, the infinite that, the infinite number, and uh, uh, I wanted to do something kind of very uh, obvious. I mean, the way you know the, the way sort of, you know, primitive, so-called primitive you know, cultures used to do, which is to, you know, personify abstractions or their gods. I mean, the gods always—they had kind of a home life. They did things. They—they they had habits. Uh, they uh, uh, so, I thought you know this was this is this is a kind of poem you, you don't really think about it a great deal. I mean, you just the idea comes to you and then. Uh, Uh, you know, what follows uh, you can't really deliberate about this but I I wanted to personify it, the infinite, so it's not an abstraction.
1: Though it may not be a million miles removed in its way from the Sharon Olds poem because it it also includes a sequence of um, images I suppose many poems do and of course it has that the sound of the surf, it's uh, a sea-bound poem, as it were, which um, many ma- in many intellects is associated with an idea of the infinite. I think, including Matthew Arnold's. I was going to say. I was going to say, yeah.
0: oh, you your over beach, of course. Yes, but I I, I, I must say, I didn't think of any of these things. It's just it's was, it was one of it's one of it's those kind of poems that are, I mean, their poems are they're deliberate, you know, slowly, like a perfect crime uh, but the others are done at the spur of the moment uh, and this is more of the spur of the moment uh, uh, well I mean uh, there's no logic I mean how these things are associated they associated in, in the spirit of the occasion the mood that, that brings them together
1: but uh. a poem like this have uh, come to you fairly very quickly, you're suggesting that it might have been written quite quickly. I mean, often, as we know, the poem that looks oh yes,
0: yeah, it was it was written whatever it took to write it. I mean, but I, I I tinker with few things. I mean, this is inevitable uh, uh, with a few phrasings. But the, the general idea. I mean, this kind of poems are written the way artists, painters, you know, they they, they see something and then you know. I remember being sitting with painters, like in a in the in restaurant, and, and they they see something. They you know they, they always a pencil, a piece of paper, and uh, they start you know, drawing something. Uh, there's
1: something, yes. They they're getting it down, but is there something you know that suggests that you know there's something that pre uh, precedes the getting down? In this case, in this case, it's you know what is being got down is only discovered as it's been got down, right?
0: It's, well, it's true. It's true. You know, once I was going to convert infinity of, of a series of concrete images, I mean, I, uh, I had the, a, a glimpse uh, of what it may look like, but I didn't have the, uh, the actual things the, they popped into my head.
1: Right. Well, listen, let's hear it. At the infinite uh, read by Charles Simic.
0: The infinite yawns and keeps yawning. Is it sleepy? Does it miss Pythagoras, the sails on Columbus's three ships? Does the sound of the surf remind it of itself? Does it ever sit over a glass of wine and philosophize? Does it peek into mirrors at night, Does it have a suitcase full of souvenirs stashed away somewhere? Does it like to lie in a hammock with the wind whispering sweet nothings in its ear? Does it enter empty churches and light a single candle on the altar? Does it see us as a couple of fireflies playing hide and seek in a graveyard?
1: Does it find us good to eat? Beautiful. Thank you so much indeed, Charles Simic. The, I mean, what really um, excites me about this poem is the way in which uh, the depiction of the infinite becomes more and more sinister, I suppose, as the poem progresses, particularly when, with the idea that uh, finding us good to eat. <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> I think there's no debate
0: about that. (laughs) I mean, it's hungry. uh, and uh, takes care of us. I I knew this poem could not be very long uh, because, uh, you know, the the reader would get the idea, as it were. And uh, and, uh, I also knew that it had to become more personal, uh, you know, f- first making these associations, you know, somebody like Pythagoras, who who might have known the secret of the infinite, you know, Columbus sailing, you know, uh, but the uh, uh, the cliché, the sound of the surf, and uh, this business of a glass of wine. I mean, uh, sometimes when, you, when you're sitting alone with a, a glass of wine and... Uh, you know, looking out there at someplace through a window or whatever, but you do feel that you have a you have a company, and the the infinite I think would be the the proper company. But uh, yes, you say it does get uh, it does it does get a little more sinister, but. Um,
1: well, vis-a-vis the glass of wine, it's it. The poem is a kind of symposium of one. A symposium, of course, being a philosophical conversation that takes place over a glass of wine. So uh, it's really an extension of that.
0: Right, right, right. You can see it here it's completely personified. It, it, it's it's very it's, the infinite is sort of full of itself. I mean, uh, it's uh, arrogant. It's uh, all powerful. The business about, does it enter empty churches and light a single candle at the altar? This is a little uh, mysterious. I mean, why does it do that? I mean, does it feel there's something bigger than me, you know? I mean, or or, so lights (laughs) of the candle at the altar. Uh, And then, of course, get to the business of the the fireflies. I mean, our, you know, our lives. I mean, brief lives. Uh, And does it find us good to eat? I mean, it just popped into my head, you know, so uh, as being the obvious uh, conclusion to, to something like this.
1: Good. Well, Charles Simic, it's been a delight speaking with you today. Thank you very much indeed for, for taking part in the podcast. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for inviting me. So her birthday as Ashes in Seawater by Sharon Olds, as well as Charles Simic's poem, The Infinite, may be found on newyorker.com. Sharon Olds' latest book of poems is Odes, and Charles Simic's most recent book is The Lunatic. Thank you so much for being with us today.
0: You may subscribe to this podcast, the Fiction Podcast, the Writer's Voice Podcast, and the Politics and More Podcast by searching for The New Yorker in your podcast app. You can hear more poetry read by the authors on newyorker.com and on the New Yorker app available from the App Store or from Google Play. The theme music is the Pintagree Ferryman from the album The Highlanders Farewell by Alastair Fraser and Natalie Haas from Colburnie Records. The New Yorker Poetry Podcast is produced by Jill Duboff of NewYorker.com with help from Hannah Eisenman.